Well, I think it's about time to start. So if we can get on, if we can round them up from out in the lobby there. They're out there fellowshipping. Nothing wrong with that. Well, I need to tell you a little story. Friday, pastor calls me up and he says, we're on our way to North Carolina. Will you teach for me Sunday morning? I said, sure. And so then what happens? In they walk this morning. But I guess the reason is because Ravonna is doing a lot better. So that's that's the answer to prayer. Do we have any prayer requests this morning besides Ravonna? I know we want to pray for her. I know we want to pray for uh, Randall Rhodes and his surgery. I understand he had a long surgery this week and it's kind of serious and we need to pray for pray for him and does anyone else have any prayer requests they'd like to share this morning? Yes. Okay. I'm sure we've got some unspoken prayer requests, but Oh, Daryl, would you pray for us this morning? Remember these, remember Ravonda and and of course Randall and 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 Pastor's grandmother and and others that we know of in our church. Amen. Thank you. Uh, we're not going to study from 1 Corinthians today. When Pastor called me on Friday, we didn't have time to get together with our notes, so he said, just use something from your Bible study. And, and at that very time, I was studying from 1 Samuel, which is the study that I've been working on for years and kind of got back into that. So we're going we're gonna to talk about Samuel this morning. I don't know how many of you have ever really studied the life of Samuel. If you go back to the beginning of First Samuel, we see that his mother, Hannah, had, didn't have any children, and she came to the temple and prayed to, go, to the Lord that he would give her a son. And if you remember the words in the, in, in, uh, first, in the first chapter of First Samuel, Eli was the high priest at that time, and he noticed that Hannah was praying silently. Well, he was, she, was, she was praying silently, and he accused her of being drunk because as she sat there and prayed silently, her lips were moving, and he thought that she was, was drunk. And, of course, you say, well, why would, why would anybody in, in the temple accuse somebody who had come to the temple of being drunk? The problem was... That was a common occurrence in those days. The temple had become very defamed, very vile, and very, very uh, full of sin. There was a lot of unspiritual actions that were going on in the temple. Um, there was prostitution. There was drunkenness. There was even, even in the first chapter of First Samuel, it tells about how the priests even cheated on partaking of the. Um, of the uh, sacrificial meat that was that was that was given, and so one of the sins that was run in Rampart was the unspiritual treatment of the whole act, whole facility, of the whole process of of the temple. And part of the problem was Eli, who was the high priest at that time, and as you remember from the Old Testament. If you remember from the Old Testament uh, s- stories, the priesthood was started by Aaron. God called Aaron to be the priest when Moses complained and said, I can't do this by myself. And so he called Aaron, 
to, the, to become the priest. And from that point on, the descendants of the priest continued the process of continuing to be the priest. This was a office in God's house that was there by, by uh, uh, heritage, not by God's, God's assignment. And so these, these people... These people had become priests out of heritage. And the sons of Eli, Hopni and Phineas, were very, very uh, sinful people. And they did a lot of things in the sight of God that were, were sinful and that God didn't approve of. And so, and so in that process, uh, the, the, the activities around the temple had become very vile and very very anti-God. And Eli being an old man, although he was not involved in the son's sins necessarily, God had called, called him to judgment in chapter 2 of 1 Samuel. He called him into judgment because he failed to discipline his sons concerning the uh, activities of the, those who were performing the role of priests then. Now, young Samuel had been miraculously born to Hannah in her older age and when she had when she had when she when she promised to God that that if he would give her a son her and and Elkanah her Samuel's father would dedicate this boy to the work of the Lord and so when Samuel was born she took care of him for a few years and then she brought him to Eli to be used in the in the uh, in the temple, and to be to be uh, one of God's servants, and so if you look at chapter three of First Samuel, I want to talk about an incident where Samuel was, and Samuel was about twelve years old at this time, and and uh, and still working in the temple. He'd been there probably for several years. Nobody really knows how old he was when he was brought there. But a lot of people think he was maybe three or four years old or maybe five. But he'd been there as a, as a kind of a servant to Eli during this period of time. But in chapter 3, we see a very interesting event that's taken place. Let me read that. Now the boy Samuel was ministering in the Lord before Eli. And word from the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were frequent, were infrequent. By the way, the word being rare there means it was seldom. God spoke to the people very seldom. It happened at that time that Eli was lying down in his place. Now his eyesight had begun to grow dim, and he could not see well. And the lamp of God had gone out, had not gone out, and Samuel had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where... Uh, the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was that the Lord called Samuel and said here and Samuel said here I here I am and he ran to Eli and said here I am for you called me and he said but I did not call lie down again so he went and lay down the Lord called him again Samuel so Samuel rose and went to Eli and said here I am for you called me but he answered I did not call you my son Lie down again. Now Samuel did not know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord been revealed to him. So the Lord 
called Samuel again for the third time. And he rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then, then Eli discerned that the voice that the Lord was calling the boy. And Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called at other, as at other times. Samuel, Samuel, said, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. The Lord had... The Lord had not had much conversation with the people because of their sinfulness and because of the fact that they had drawn away from him. And so, so as we said in verse 2 or verse 1, it said, and the, Lord, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were infrequent. So what he's saying is the writer of the book of Samuel is saying that that God hadn't been talking to them very much. They hadn't been pay, they hadn't been paying attention to him probably, but he hadn't been talking to him there very much. And so when when God came to speak to Samuel, Samuel surely didn't know who it was. He thought it was Eli, and Eli unfortunately didn't pick up on it either. He just thought that maybe Samuel was dreaming or something, and so he so he told him to go back and lay down. And God had, God had basically cut off all communication, so when he did communicate with them, they weren't, they weren't aware that it was him talking. So Eli, had, had when, when he had laid down to sleep, and as we saw in the reading that I had done, or that I finished, when, he saw, when we see a series of callings to Samuel in the late night in verses 4, 6, 8, and 10. When Samuel awoke in verse 4, he thought it was Eli calling him, and he ran to see what he wanted. And as we saw in each case, in the first three cases, Samuel told, or Eli told Samuel to go back and lay down. This happened as showed three times before Eli figured out what was happening. He figured out that it was God who was calling Samuel. And then after the third call, he told Eli to not it was not him, and that he should go back and lay down and answer, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. I won't go any farther in discussing the eventual message that God gave to Samuel, but if you read the rest of the two books of Samuel and the two books of Kings, you will see that Samuel was the first of the prophets of God that came to replace the judges and served with the kings that the Israelites wanted. Now realize also that the kings were not part of God's plan. God wanted them to be obedient to him. But the people, I, th I think the pastor mentioned last Sunday, they kept saying, hey, this nation over here has got a king. We want a king. This nation over here has got a king. We want a king. So God said, okay, if you want a king, I'll give you a king. You're not going to like it, but I'm going to give you a king anyway. But it's a part of that process. <clears throat> part of that process, uh, uh, they had gotten out of God's will because God really wanted them to be obedient to him, but they insisted on, on getting, having a king. But, this, but, prior to, but prior to this time is when he, he had this vision or this message came to Samuel. Now, 
It does not specifically say, notice back in, in, um, trying to look at, oh yeah, back in, in verse 2, or verse 3, said the lamp of God had not gone out. And some, some, some Bibles say that the lamp of God had gone out, was completely out. And I don't know, some, some commentators say the reason that statement is there is because it was early in the morning and the oil was about to run out. And some com- commentators said that is s- symbolic of the fact that, that uh, the light had not gone out. God's light was going out in the life of these Israelite people. And I was thinking as I studied this that that a part of the process that that uh, the, the the priest was supposed to do, he was supposed to light the lamp and keep it burning. The only time the lamp was supposed to go out is when they trimmed the wick or refill, refuel the oil. If you go back at Exodus, you can read that the uh, charge to Aaron was to keep the light burning always. The light was to represent God's presence with them in the in the holy of holies. And he was, that was to represent the fact that God was still in communication. But here on this occasion, the light's going out. And I chose as I looked at that to think, I don't think this is so much the fact that it's early morning and they're about out of oil. I think this is a fact that they're making a symbolism there that God's light is about to be extinguished in the house of, in, in the temple, in God's house. And, when the priest, when it was the priest's job to keep the light burning, that was a part of their job. That was a part of their duties, was to keep the light burning to symbolize the fact that God was still in communication with these people. And when, when, the, when, when God's light was going out in the temple, his spiritual leadership was being, slighted in, was being slighted in the eyes of the people. The priests did not know their duty in ministering to the people. God had become an absent, absent leader in the eyes of the people. Remember I said earlier that the word of the Lord, had, the word of the Lord had become precious and rare to the people. So now along comes Samuel, 12 year old boy who is doing his menial tasks in the temple and, and, uh, he's doing his menial tasks in the temple in service of a priest who has lost control of the spiritual issues of God. In chapter 3, verse 4, the Lord calls Samuel out of sleep, and God has made contact with Samuel, and the rest of the story is found in the next few books of the Bible. In verse 10, Samuel did not run to Eli as he had before. Notice he said, speak, what do you want me to do? Why do you think it took four callings before Eli figured what was going to, what was happening? Remember Samuel, we couldn't expect Samuel to understand what was happening because he'd never been, been introduced to this kind of a thing. He, as the Bible says, he didn't know the Lord yet. This is because he had been brought into a close relationship with God. The reason he hadn't been, because as a young boy, his job was to take care of Eli. And if Eli wasn't in tune with God, then how could Samuel be in tune with God? So, 
So, so Samuel was never going to figure out who this was calling him. And it had been so long since God had communicated with the spiritual leader that he didn't, that even Eli didn't recognize what was happening. You know, and I think today as we, as we think on this little story and this little scripture, there's a great meaning there for us is that we need to be careful that we don't let the light go out. You know, we don't physically, we don't physically keep a, can, a candelabra burning in our house to indicate God. But spiritually, our job is to keep God's communication going with, in our life and in our family and in our church. You know, I, I think um, I, I've heard people say, well, I don't know why some people hear from God and I never hear from God. God don't ever speak to me. And the reason I think sometimes we've let the light go out. We've let the communication with God disappear. We've let the voice of God get so muddled that we do not pay attention to what he's saying. And I think I know God's still speaking. God doesn't pick a few people and talk to them. He picks, he picks all of his people to talk to them. Every one of us could hear God speaking to us if we just pay attention to what he's saying. But unfortunately, in many of our lives, the light has gone out, or it's else very dim, according to this, as it says in this scripture. Wouldn't it be sad when we spend our life not hearing what God is calling us to do and not hearing him when he speaks? Many people who attend church are doing just that. They're attending church. They may be trying to take a leadership roles. They may have joined the church. They may have been baptized and yet are not listening to what God is saying because their light has gone out, because they're fa failing to hear what God has said. This is one of the reasons that I think we need to be, we all need to be serious with the challenge that Pastor John has given us about fasting and intercessory intercessory prayer. I don't know if I can say that or not. Intercessory prayer, you know what I'm talking about. But but uh, we need to be we need to spend time of just trying to get close to the Lord and brighten in the light, brighten God's light in our own life. We need to spend time praying and being serious in our prayer, not just the small small prayer before we go to bed or small prayer we pray before we uh, eat our meal. But we need to be in tune with God so that his light will not, will not go out in our life. We need to spend time with God on something else than just asking for stuff for ourselves. But allowing God, we need to allow God to speak to us and allow, and, and, and allow us to be concerning for other people. Why didn't Samuel understand? As I said before, he didn't understand because he'd never experienced this before. This was not something that was new to him. Eli had failed to teach Samuel the real important things about God. Samuel was probably really good at serving him and taking care of him when he was went to bed <coughs> and, and uh, bringing him stuff. But Eli should have been teaching his... his uh, his uh, servant about the service of the Lord. Of course, Eli didn't realize up until this time the role that Samuel was going to play. As we see in, as I said earlier, <coughs> we see in the life of Samuel 
that he became very prominent, and we see the fact that the priesthood basically disappeared. We, we need to take the approach that God is, is going to call us, and we need, to have, we need to always have time to answer his call. God's call is per, per, perpetual. His call is, his call is not perpetual. He's not, it's not going to last forever. In Acts 24:25, Luke writes that Felix refused to respond to God's call. In Acts 26:28, Luke records that King Agrippa told Paul that he was almost persuaded to come to Christ. In, in Luke 23, 23, 39, and 43, <coughs> we find that one thief did not. One thief on the cross at Golgotha accepted Christ, but the other did not. All of those people that God was talking to had the opportunity to listen to God's call and accept God's call and be a part of God's family. But the light, the spiritual light had gone out in their life. I think of the difference between the two thieves on the cross, particularly the, when you talk about them, one of those thieves asked God for forgiveness. The spiritual light was somehow awake, was alert, or was was alive in his life. In the light of the other one, it was not. There was not a. There was there was not an indefinite period. We need to realize that if we do not keep the light shining, eventually the light's going to go out, and God's not going to talk to us anymore. That's a terrible thing to think about. <coughs> it's a terrible thing to consider that we're going to go through life. Some people go through life no longer hearing God's voice because the light's gone out. And we need to understand that we need we need to the spiritual leadership. To, we need spiritual leadership to draw us in contact with God and let Him contact with with us. And I pray that. That, we, that the, the one that opens the door to the Lord's calling in the process so they don't have to wait until Felix, till like Felix and refuse to respond or like King Agrippa and face eternal hell and the story that I almost, that I almost got saved. We, we need to understand that our light is, is being sent out to reach people, to allow them to come to knowledge of Jesus Christ. And if our light has gone out, we're not going to be any good at that. Um, when this, with the story that I, that I almost got saved. Unfortunately, almost, we say I almost got saved, we get people for sure into an eternal hell. Why did God call on this 12-year-old boy when, when Eli, the high priest, was there? It's clear that God had to call on somebody who would listen and obey. If we see the Old Testament story, Samuel, in his life, carried out God's calling. Let us all maintain the lamp in our spiritual life so we can do what God calls us to do as his messengers. Let us all live our spiritual life so that God does not have to go somewhere else to get his message through. I pray... (coughs) I pray that our golden lampstands is burning bright and that, and, and that we want to hear from God and that we, that we live our life so that God can use us. Let's pray.
Our Father, we thank you for this time we've had this, this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you'll help us to take this lesson from the book of Samuel and from the life of Samuel to our own lives. Lord, help us to be ever on guard that our, our communication with you doesn't go out. Help us to be on guard that we don't ever get away from serving you. Help us to be on guard, Lord, that we're always attentive, trying to be attentive to hear your voice and understand your will. We thank you for the time we've had this morning. And I just pray each of us to say this day will be able to, to help us, will be able to understand the message that you have for us and that we would be attentive to the will that, or to the message that you've given us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.